You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We'll take a glass together. This is Equity One, Broadway's happy hour. Pour yourself a drink and join us as we chat about life, theater, and, and everything in between. I'm Elliot Maddox. And I'm Caleb Dickey. Join us for your Equity One. <gasps> Hi, Caleb. Hi, Elliot. It's great Cheers. to see you. Cheers. Clink. I'm clinking ice, which will make sense soon. Oh, oh my God. Caleb, how are you? I am great. I am using my space. You know, like when you're on, when you're on the stage, you're supposed to use it. So I'm using this lovely hammock in the backyard. Oh, gorge. I have hammock envy. Oh, oh my God. I but... know there was a little rocking on the socket. We're good. Oh my though. God. And well, that's the wild. That's the great outdoors. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome to Happy Hour. We are Elliot and Caleb, the hosts of Equity One Broadway's Happy Hour. Here on Broadway Podcast Network Happy Hour, we sit down with some of your favorite podcast hosts for a little drink, chat, and fun. And we are very excited to be back after a long hiatus. We of, take these often. You know, well, and this one was our first to take because of um, social injustices. So Exactly. You know, strides are being made, and um, we're, we're very excited to be back. I'm excited to see your face. Yes. Um, oh, I want to introduce our special guest this week, um, the host of the brand new podcast. Uh, Do you hear the people sing the theater person's guide to saving democracy? What a title. Uh, our good friend Eric Uyoa is here. Hi, everyone. Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. Hearing that title back, I'm like, God, that is that is quite a title. <laughs> well, there's a colon in there. You know, it's yeah. very, very the um, the search for Elle Woods. <laughs> Legally Blonde, the musical. You know what I mean? It's very that. So exactly. you're good, you know, in, the code or who is Sylvia? We're going for, you know. All the greats have have long titles uh, here. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're excited to talk the podcast later. Um, yeah. But we want to do, we're doing something really special this week for our first time ever. Uh, as you know, we like to drink here on Equity One. And uh, we have a very exciting new uh, partnership with our friends at Q Cocktails. And to learn more about that, we're gonna bring in the founder, Hansel Tan. 
Hi! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was just getting a little sauce over here. Oh, take my hat off. Not... <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Um, I love it. Hi everyone. Thanks for Thanks. having me here. Of course, thank you for coming on. Now, now, why don't you tell our listeners what the hell Q Cox is? Well, for those who don't know what Q Cox is, I mean, we've all known how hospitality and the performing in arts industry has always gone hand in hand. And uh, when we were all furloughed or out of shows, um, I decided to bring a bunch of my buddies who are awesome bartenders and awesome mixologists and sort of like create stupid, ridiculous, incredibly delicious cocktails for all our friends to share. So it's kind of like a friends and family co-op. And what we do is that every, uh, every week, we premiere a completely brand new cocktail that no one's ever seen and no one will ever see again. And we take orders, we buy the ingredients, we batch it up and create it, and then we send it out to everybody. You can get as little as one bottle, you can get like 10 bottles, it depends on how you wanna go about it. And every week we create a completely brand new cocktail. And this is totally like for our friends and family. It's like a little cooperative with a little like network of our own. Um, and I think, we sent some of them your way this week, didn't we? <gasps> oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I have Caleb. It's Caleb. right here. It's behind my hand. <laughs> There's a reason Caleb doesn't have one. And you do have to be in New York. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we hope to get you some shortly. Uh, so <laughs> this is uh, one I'm really excited about. It's our twist on the, uh, the hurricane from New Orleans. Uh, it's got hibiscus plantation star rum, crack and spice rum, Aperol. I love Aperol. Yeah. Uh, some lime juice, some grapefruit juice, and a little sprig of rosemary on the inside. And all you got to do, and it comes in these 16 ounce bottles, which is like four cocktails in there. There's a lot of cocktails. You're uh, not. Oh my God. One person, but you know some people. Four. <laughs> One. It's, it's all up to you. You get to decide. <laughs> Just pour it over ice and you're ready to go. Oh my God. Okay. So we're going to shake it. I'm ready. And what I love about this is that, is that, you know, we're in a time where we're all remote and separate, like this, we're getting to enjoy the same experience together right here. So I'm Absolutely. pouring this drink. Look at that color. Look at this. Oh, it smells really good. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna... There's still so much more in this bottle, and I love you for that. Oh my god! <laughs> Look at this. How much is here? That is a lot. We're not playing around. Look at this. Here's the thing yeah. about there being no shows: the Equity One rule doesn't really apply now. I know. Well, on Equity One, on Equity One, we always say that as long as your glass is never empty, it's still just one. That, that is a rule to live by. Yeah, yeah I'm happy to fill your cup. To get very fancy, I'm gonna take the rosemary sprig and just garnish my drink. Oh. Look, look the fuck at this. That is delicious. Okay, hold on. Let me cheers. Okay, cheers. 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 Mm. Really good. That is really, really good. That's really, really good. You guys. There's like a good like like balance between like a little bitterness, a little sweetness. Oh my God, this is delicious. A lot of fun stuff. And we, <laughs> what we also do is that every other week we partner with fellow actor, mixologists, bartenders to create and present their special recipes for us. So I'm really, really excited this week. Um, we are, pre uh, 
we are featuring Megan Marshall, who has been an ex-actress, who has been an ex-stunt woman, and now is an award-winning bartender mixologist, and she's oh, come wow. out with an incredible mezcal Amazing. cocktail. So if you liked what you see, come on and check us out on our Instagram page. That's Q Cocktails on our Instagram. Or you can shoot us an email at thirsty at qcox.com if you want to learn a little bit more. Happy to tell you. Can I ask something? I loved that when this came, that like at my I had like a new email. It was like Q Cox is on its way. And like then I got a text, and then a second later, all of a sudden my doorman called up and said, You have a cocktail delivery? That is impressive. Look, it's amazing. It's look at service. look at look at Hansel's cute face and imagine that showing up with a little cocktail. We also we also what we call we all have we have a group of uh, what we refer to lovingly as cock couriers um, <laughs> who are themselves uh, uh, actors and musicians and other artists who want to do this as a way of spreading fun and enjoyment throughout the city. So um, we welcome them and we're happy that they're, they get to spread their light and their energy in, in very, very different ways. It's cocktail theater. We love it. And, and, and what is exciting about this to us is that for anyone who watches the show, listens to the show, you can check Q Cox every week, order the cocktail, and then you can drink it with us, just like you're having a happy hour right here with us. So we can, so we can all feel like we're having a communal experience. It's really, really exciting. Um, and we, are, we cannot wait to drink these. Amazing. Thank you so much, Hansel, for coming Thank on. You. And we will be hearing from you again soon. Cheers. 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 See you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh. Isn't that I can't amazing? Wait to try it. I really want to go down. <laughs> and that's why you need a big glass. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. We have not we have not done this. Eric, we've been on a bit of a hiatus here, as most of um, as a lot of you know, people who make content kind of took a break to amplify other people's voices and Absolutely. you know. Uh, kind of refocus things a little bit on social media, et cetera. Um, so we have not sat down and done this for well over a month. And um, one momentous thing happened in mine and Caleb's life. And I know that you recently also experienced that joy. And that is Chromatica. Lady oh. Gaga 6, her new album... Yes. Came out right after we kind of took a pause or right before, like it was right on it. So we never got to talk about it. And I've listened to it probably 3 million times um, since then. Now, Eric, you just heard it yesterday, right? Yesterday and then a little bit and I finished it today. I had a, um, I was, this is why I listened to it. Uh, I, I am notoriously behind in music, notoriously. <laughs> Uh, my heyday is like, you know, 1999. So, um, so I thought all people posting about Chromatica and I thought, <laughs> I thought it was like a new horror film or something or a new like movie. So I had to Google Chromatica and then Lady Gaga came up and I go, oh, that's the name of her new album. That's what that damn rain thing I hear everyone talking about is. Yep. Uh, but let me tell you, that is, as the kids call a bop, uh, that mm -hmm. album, album is really, really strong. Like there's not, you know, you always had that one skip track. There is not, 
a skip track in this album. Not one no. skip track. It is a whole experience. And I can tell you that after listening to it so many times, I've never skipped any of the songs. Even the like interludes are crucial, especially the interludes. Yes. I think the interludes are the best part. She yeah, like yes. transitioned the whole album. The, like my favorite is Chromatica Two into Nine One One. It's life changing. It's iconic. My yes. friend called. My friend said Chromatica Two into Nine One One is gay rights. <laughs> <laughs> and as most things that are gay rights tend to do, they inspire all the memes. Yes, I'm obsessed with them. It's like Caleb and I are sending them to each other all the time. My favorite is. Um, is Lisa Renna um, throwing down a wine glass at a uh, at yes. Kim, Kim Richards? So that's a Housewives like crossover reference, but it's just like <laughs> I. That's why I. It stays like that when I like love the internet. When I see yes. like a meme that I'm just like, oh, well, I love you, fool. So fast, the internet is so like there are things that happen, and immediately I go, is there somebody ready? Like they have all the ideas, and they're just sitting there, and they're like, give me, give me a topic. Give me a topic. I'm ready. They're, they're just ready. They're ready. They're like just meme makers. Mm -hmm. well, in the beginning of the pandemic, there wasn't any like new social news. I mean, there was just the same thing. So people were running out of new memes. So all these old memes had come back into the cycle. Did you notice that? Oh, you're right. Yes. Like in the very beginning, it was hard to get like, nobody knew what to do. So they were like bringing back old content. And like I, I love it. I love I love memes, but okay. What's what's your favorite? What's your favorite song on Chromatica right now? Or Eric, first, 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 uh, hot take. Wait, I gotta look at it. I I don't know the words yet. I mean, I don't know the titles yet. Wait, I'll tell sure, you. Sure, sure, sure. Hopefully, um, I'll say nine one one is my top favorite. And if you ever played Sega Street Fighter, I feel like I am the roller skating guy or the girl fighting on Street Fighter Sega when I listen to nine one one. It's my favorite. I'm gonna go with 911 too. Actually, I'm gonna go because truly that transition into 911 is is it it oh my god! I hate that gyms are still closed right now because that transition. I'm like I would kill it right now at that gym. Uh huh. I'm not an outdoor runner. I need to learn to be. Uh, if not, I would take it to the streets. <laughs> but uh, but man, that album is like that that transition. I'm like oh, I would tear into a treadmill on that transition. So right. good. I it's really hard to pick a favorite because I I think my favorite favorite is Fun Tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I love that. I love like how it's like weirdly kind of ballady. It reminds me of Robin a little bit, where it's like yes. like a like an electric kind of ballad. It's yep. so so good. Um, and I think that I also really love you know I'm I love the sign from above, her the Elton John duet. That one's really really good too. Um, Eric, have you been watching uh, like TV? Are you a TV person? I have been a little bit. I, I was more in the beginning. I, I've, I've, uh, it, I'm in the middle of this on so like this is not a complaint. This is literally just an observation of life. Uh, because my life is performing slash writing. Like the good thing, survival wise, and the reason why me and my dog can eat is because <laughs> the writing side has continued. People who mm -hmm. don't need projects in this over. There are still projects on the horizon. There are right. some things that I'm commissioned to finish. Um, and when I'm in like deep writing mode, uh, like I'm in the middle of a film right now and the pilot of these two things I'm working on with, with different people. So my brain, I, I, uh, I can't jump into a series very well. The last thing I saw was Dead to Me season two, okay. which stupidly, because I just don't know, I don't, 
I'm not good at self-control. I'm really not, as you're going to see with this uh, cute cocktail. <laughs> but I'm really not good at it. And so I will watch the entire thing in one sitting. Like, I'll eat an entire thing of Oreos in one sitting. Like, yes. I don't. I, I don't. We live, we live once. Um, yeah. So I watched all of it in one sitting. And then I was like, well, that was six hours. Damn it. Now it's over. Yeah. It's over. Uh, yeah, we there and Dead to Me is so they're so mean and they do it well. But it's like the half hour episodes combined oh. with how well written it is. It's like, are you kidding me? You those cliffhangers, those cliffhangers. What? Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, some of the best cliffhangers ever in TV history. Where yeah. it literally the end of it happens, and you go, what? And you could, I could be on my way to meet my mother or my family. Just name, I, I will cancel. I will yeah, <laughs> because I can't just watch one episode. No, are you kidding no. me? No, that's when that's when I wish that it was like real TV. That they were like, while I would hate that I had to wait a week, I would be like, Bruh! and then it would well, just be back on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. It it means, so I'm watching a lot of Bravo, like a lot of Bravo. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> um. Because Housewives are back, so there was a there was a um, a hiatus for a couple weeks because as I'm, we're seeing now, the new the new half of the season just started up, but uh, they hadn't finished filming the show, so they're doing like they're talking heads, like they are like this, like spliced in here and there. Can I tell you that you're gonna be Elliot? You're gonna freak out at this. Are you a Housewives fan? Yeah, and my boyfriend is like huge. Huge fan. So I, um, the other days they were doing, they were filming one of them like this, and I can't say who because I don't want to get in trouble. But a good friend of mine may or may not work the teleprompter for these, and so I walked into their home and he was doing the teleprompting for this for the series, and it's happening right there, and they're doing it, and they're doing their different takes, and I just walked in, and, and the door was closed, and of course, you know, he was keeping the privacy of it all, but I was like behind that door. There is two TV screens and a teleprompter, and he is feeding the cues to these women from his apartment. It was so crazy. And I was like, oh, and I'm not a housewife follower as much, but anybody that followed it, I was like, oh, they would lose their mind right now to know that, like, the tea is happening in the room next door. The drama <laughs> is brewing. It is so good. It is so good. Um, hey, Britt, do you want to pop in so we can kiki a little bit about Britt, about Leah? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Stay out of it when the housewives come up. Leah is amazing. You're unworthy. So Leah is like the, Leah is basically the new Bethany. I think she's being groomed to kind of be the new Bethany Frankel. She's like very dry, um, kind of crazy. Yeah, she's great. Mob, she's, mob queen, mob. Mob, uh, mob the mafia, something, something like mafia. That. It's like a clothing <laughs> brand. But she is just so good at the sh she's, she's always over now though and bravo they love sobriety for those who choose <laughs> bravo not just sobriety. Bravo. Yes, yes yeah um however she's so funny on the show like it i mean she drinks and she's instantly like destroying oh. property yeah she's yeah, like, like screaming like flipping over chair like rolling on the ground it's like naked oh. throwing tiki torches into pools like yeah. come on, that's yeah. excellent tv guys yeah. that's too much don't you have to realize that's too much no, no. Yes. 
you can't no, you can't feed her. She's a child, and you got to stop that. Stop feeding no, no, no. the child because because she she someone confronted her about it on the show, and she literally responded with, "What well, I thought our thing was that we just like get shit faced and like be disruptive." <laughs> It's very oh, well, there you go. You know what? Then hey, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm like, she's a self-aware. You know, it's, it's like <laughs> these are also adults who have adults around them and make adult decisions. So you know, when they people later on say, "Oh, well, you're you're," put, I go, "No, they sign a contract. That that paycheck clears every week, like ours. Well, yeah. no longer right now does, but ours did. <laughs> like ours did." <laughs> and she goes to all the. She's been at every single like you know protest in. I think she lives in the East Village, so Good she's always posting on Instagram that she's at like you know the protests that we would be at and all these things. So I'm like, okay, it's nice, and especially in the Housewife franchise when we're not quite sure politically where they fall, it's nice when we know where they fall. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ally, ally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love you even more. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like we don't know where Ramona stands, but oh, but we know Mama. The Mama. The the parties in the Hamptons right. as fundraisers tell us otherwise. Okay, yeah. years years ago, true story. Years ago, um, when I used to cater and bartend, I worked um polo up in the up in Southampton, the polo matches, and um and there's these huge giant things and all these people come out. And Ramona came to my bar to ask for a Chardonnay and made like the scene. The scene the cameras were on, and so I was on the episode, but my face was blurred because they had the whole form, and I was like, "I don't want to." That's even better though that you know that you were there, but nobody else knows. Nobody else knows. So you're looking for that blurry face, season three. And we get to see our very own Ben Rimmelauer from Yes, right? Isn't that Mm -hmm. so funny? It's always it's always so fun to see him, and he is not just like popping in like he's sitting there he has like scenes he is a friend of the show like it is he is a character on the show right yeah yeah deep salute um back to uh you know more more important matters but thank you for letting me uh kiki of course we're always happy to have you in here um kayla what are you watching um, well, we just finished The Politician and we watched it in like, we binged it in like two days. Politicians Season two or one? Two. two. Okay. Is it good? You know, it's so good. And then you, they just kind of like ruin it at the end. Oh, That's how I feel. I haven't seen it either. I I am a, a big Ben Platt fan, but I'm just not moved to watch that show. Ooh, the preview feels so campy. Yes, it is. The Ryan Murphy show. Yeah, yes. you know Rand Murphy. He always takes it to one side, polarized side. Right, exactly. right. He is yeah. sometimes so good and profound and genius. Hashtag feud. Mm-hmm. And then I, you get hashtag scream queens. Yes. And sometimes you get like the American horror stories that go on, and I go, I go, oh, it's Gay DD, Gay yeah. DD, where he was like, and this one's in it, and Patty Lapone, and rainbows, and glitter, and. <laughs> <laughs> and the unicorn, and then you go. But there was, there's no plot, and it goes on. You know, it, it's, and sometimes he's just so good. Sometimes, so I yeah. like when he has. I like when he has, um, uh, you know, a, a, a real story. A lot of times, that's why I think when he shines the best. Yes, agree. I mean, Caleb is the politician as campy as Scream Queens. No, obviously not. It's in a more um, universe that we actually yeah. live in. It takes place in New York City. The second season. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting, but it's also like it already all these TV shows feel dated already. You know, like do you guys get that feeling when you watch and you're like, "Wow, look at that crowded restaurant." That's oh, never going to happen again. Again, I, I talk back to the screen. I, I now look at the screen and I go, "Is that fun? Is it fun being at a bar with your friends?" 
Yeah, or like you'll see yeah. someone like in a restaurant like cough, and it, you know, it's like <laughs> you dodge from your couch. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, from my couch. And then I immediately go in my head to like, especially with these reality shows, I'm like, okay, this was filmed in what November? They had it. I was like, <laughs> like it can, like I'm like, I'm like, she has coronavirus. She does. I'm like because that was February, and she had it. I need you to start one of those like call out shame pages, like those new, <laughs> those new Fire Island call out shame pages. Um, we can get into that later. But, yes, um, but we, but 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 we, uh, you need to make one of those pages for like just people on movies in November and December, and just be like, so <laughs> she has it. She has it. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Don't tell me she doesn't have it. She has it. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> uh, remember you guys? God, hasn't quarantine been forever? Don't do you remember when Glenn Close did that like monologue about New York on her Instagram? Oh, and god. now we're here. That <laughs> that was that had to have been three years ago that that happened. But it yeah. was two months. Actually, I had this thought. Um, I'm, I was like, when did I let it? Because we're in Georgia right now, my boyfriends. And I was like, when was the last time I was here? I was having memories of the first time I got here thinking that it was longer ago, but it's just because there's no time frame. So I've been confusing all the memories. Where in Georgia are you? Um, Rome, Georgia. I know it's, Rome, Georgia. Yeah. You do? I drove through it once. Yeah. It's actually a pretty cool town. It is. If, yeah. Um, it may have been the outskirts, though, because there was well, other parts. And forgive me, I'm, I'm honestly just talking remembering a road trip from years ago. Are there parts of Rome that are like, bing, 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 like that? Okay, good, okay, yes. Yes. I went through a part that years ago, man, this is pre-phone maps and everything. Uh, a man, um, I was lost trying to get to Atlanta, mm-hmm. driving from Florida, and a man stopped, and I was coming through there, and a, and a man drew me a map with a stick and a pile of mud to show me where to go, and I had to like put the mud map in my head to yes. get- to Atlanta, and I will never forget the man walking in the guest room, like, "Hi, I'm lost," and everyone just turns their head at me, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, you're like, you're like, uh, "Hello, I yes, I am lost. I am lost, and I'm also <laughs> heterosexual." Uh, I love the mud map. That's so great. The mud map. I feel wow. like you could sell a mud map for a lot of money if it got hardened and it was like a little like palette, and you could like pass it off as like. um old history or something totally. at an antique market or something circa 2003 this mud map helped a young homosexual make it through red territory of georgia <laughs> love it yes <laughs> if you if you could draw someone a map from memory of any kind of place like if someone asked you like and you needed they needed a mud map what places in your brain like that where you could like draw a map in mud and make someone not get lost aside from where i live yeah Provincetown. Oh, oh, okay. My heart. I know. I was supposed to go in June. I know. I'm gonna try to get. Out. I, I'm. 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 I'm trying to be responsible, but I want to get out there in like late August and just. I don't know. I have a hard time with these, and I don't want to get into the. I, I mentioned the Fire Island thing, and now I'm heading to it. Yeah. But yeah, let's do it. Let's go there. Let's do it. Let's freaking do it. Yeah. Um, I have a really hard time with like these places that I love so dearly. And seeing them during this time, um, I don't. You're, are you in New York, Elliot? Yeah. So yeah, have you been here since the beginning of all this nightmare? I left for like uh, two months okay. and came back. 
Totally. So you're, you're here now, but like, so I have not, since it all started, I had this whole mentality of, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be with my city. I'm going to, you know, and I live like uh, two blocks from like NYU here on, on in the thirties, you know, on the East side. And so like, it was a lot like hearing the city just dead quiet and just sirens only. And at night, like sleeping in my bed and just, you would just see the red flashing lights, like on the roof, on my ceiling, like just consistently. Um, and just watching the city, truly like go into a coma is what, what I call it because it just, the energy of it was just gone. Yeah. Um, and so like places I love like P-Town and the Pines and Cherry Grove and all that, I'm like a little, uh, aside from the responsibility, I'm a little like scared to go out there and see them in a broken state. I want to, I yeah. want to like, I want to like take off my shirt and go in the pavilion and like have a night and have fun with my friends. Like I don't want to have to have like a mask and, and like, had the pond pantry throw my groceries outside the door and you know right. it's 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 such a it's weird i don't know yeah i mean that's that's why i ended up canceling the vacation i had planned um to provincetown w way before the everything happened i was just gonna go once beetlejuice closed and like spend a week and live my life there but i was like you know, I don't think I, it was at that point, it was like much safer. It was like early June. So we could have like eaten outside, probably worn masks. Places might've started opening up because Massachusetts has been a little faster. Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, if I'm going to go to Provincetown, like I haven't been in years and I haven't really had like my kind of like week there. I'm like, I don't want it to be like half open and like, you know, not like be able to, be next to cute boys or anything you know what i mean it's just like that's that's the thing is i know i didn't want it to be different so it's a, it's a tricky thing it's the uh, and it's it truly like when people ask me about provincetown especially like they go what's your favorite place on earth and it's really oh it's always the answer is easy it's provincetown there's it's never so I, it's, it's it's a utopian place it is a and until you go in fact my parents know this because they went once with me when i when i was up in boston they came out to provincetown and they 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 talk about it all the time they're like they were like families and drag queens and this. And I go, yes, it is utopia. It is utopia. And it's, um, I don't know, whenever I go there, I, I, can, I feel literally as I drive over the dunes, I feel the weight of the world go off my shoulders. I feel like I never turn on the news. So if something bad happens, I'm not going to know um, because I just don't, I don't care when I'm there. I'm just in the happiest place possible. So it's, you know, it's still TBD. But I, I'm I'm worried about seeing my favorite place, you know, with a, yeah. little, with a bit of an injury. Yeah, that's so tricky. But honestly, as someone that's been here the whole time, like I, I just think, you know, and I understand when people want to get away and they want to go to Fire Island and they want to like a little what escape. But what in the world were they thinking? Just don't wear post, don't a post, mask. wear a mask. You know what it is, honestly. And I got into this, and now I've had almost two cocktails, so here we go. Um, well, you know, we're here to talk about, you know, yeah. we're here to talk about speaking out. Well, they had, like, there's a, I think that there's a, you know, someone recently reached out to me, a friend, and said to me, like, I uh, was upset with, I was posting quite a bit about what had happened on social media, because early on in April, May, and no one likes and I told you so, but I told you so, um, I said, this is going to happen out there. I know it's going to happen out there, because I know... In any community, any it's not just the gay community, it is all communities. We are locked away, it gets hot as hell in the city, and then people start posting the whole like, Fire Island, having so much fun, you know, on the beat, and that's the end of it. That's where it all starts right there. We get the FOMO, 
FOMO brings out the day trippers. Day trippers have a cocktail. COVID's too. We're there. Yeah. We're there. You know, it's and that simple too. It's that simple. And so we have like, you know, and, and to me, you can go to Fire Island and, and have you, you both have been, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like, and I'm sure you, you both seem very, like, I know Ellie, I know you. I'm, Caleb, I'm just meeting you and I'm loving you already. But um, <laughs> Ellie and I, have we, we have history. We do. Uh, but you seem like thoughtful people. When you walk onto that island, if you don't feel the gravity of the pines when you walk onto it and the history that you are walking on, it, it you, it's almost like you, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't want to insult anybody, but I don't know how you walk onto the pines and not feel the history. Like this is, this was the resting place of many people. This was the place where- This was salvation for people. Yeah. Salvation. Uh, uh, terror in some ways, you know, in the 50s, um, uh, 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 you know, um, a, a resting place in the 80s, a place where, where loved ones came to grieve and say goodbye. You know, many people stared at, the, stared out at the same sunset that you're staring out at and the next day left this earth. Yeah. You know, and standing on the same sand you stand on. And so to me, it's hallowed ground. You can have your fun out there. Exactly. You can have your fun out there. And God knows I have had my fun out there. My friends <laughs> are, there should be a plaque. To my friend, <laughs> but I was not in a pandemic. I was right. not in a thing that could kill people by being irresponsible. So you know, there there comes great privilege when you're on the pines. Not just the fact that the pines is extremely expensive to stay out there for a long time. Mm -hmm. It is a privilege to be there monetarily. It yep. is a privilege to be there during a pandemic and and all these things to be able to go out there and have a good time and enjoy yourself. But with that comes responsibility. Yes. And if you go out there and you act like an asshole, I'm, I'm gonna call you out. I'm gonna call you out and same thing, if I see you in a photo, I'm gonna tag you. I'm gonna tag you if you're in a photo of a group on a beach partying, I'm gonna tag you. Yeah. I think there's a difference between leaving the city and going like staying somewhere else for a long time. Like I'm doing, I'm not going out and like vacationing and like meeting a whole bunch of people. Like Fire Island, if you live there, that's your home. But like, you're not going there for your home. You're going there to have a good time. and. Well, and Socialize. then that's like, that's another point too, is that there are people that actually live there. Yes. That, that now you're come your dumbass yes. is coming in droves, not wearing a mask, spreading COVID in this space. It's an yeah. island. Like, girl, it's not that big. Okay? No. So like <laughs> it's like I and and you're absolutely right, Eric, is like there is like a, you know, there's like a there's like a spiritual kind of like almost ghosty. Like it's, it's very like haunted in that kind of way. Yeah. And, and I think that again, this is like part of, I think that this is part of gay culture. It's like, we've been oppressed, be it by ourselves, our family, society, all those things. Then we do get to celebrate. It's part of gay culture. We love to party. We're joyful people. We love our community, all of that. But then there's a time and a place. And what, what I think that gay people generally are good about is knowing the time, and the place, being responsible in that sense. But like, this is just really tone deaf. It, 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 it is literally, I was so, when I saw that tweet from Cleve Jones, I was like, oh my God, the man who made the AIDS quilt, who had the AIDS quilt is coming back to shame us. I was like, how embarrassing, <laughs> how embarrassing. And, and, you know, and it's not, and look, I don't want to compare AIDS and COVID because they are two different, different things. things. Yeah. yeah. Two different things. And also as my friend, the, the producer of my show and dear friend, Jamie Dumans, 
Um, uh, he, he brought it up to me and he made a really good, great point about this. He said, you know, once we in the gay community learned what AIDS was, we, we, we all, everyone's put on condoms. Everybody took care of each other. Everyone started going by the rules. It was the fact that for years, people didn't know what it was. They were fed it misinformation. The president, kind of like now, didn't care. You know, but but again, it, it, it was only a small portion of society and most Americans were ignoring their death or saying their death was caused by blah, 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 crap religious thing here. Yeah. You know? So it's, uh, it's just, you know, th there's just a responsibility and we have to like, look, minorities, I'm, I'm Latino, I'm gay, I, 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 I get this. Yeah. When you're a minority, if you're gay, you're Latino, you're black, whatever, society is waiting for you to screw up. I'm sorry, it's true. And the moment you screw up, it's not some gays, it's not a gay, it's the gays. Yep. Every news station carried that story about what happened in Fire Island. Lester Holt on NBC Nightly News had footage of the Pines. How mortifying because it was the gays, not some, not uh. All. All. And especially when, you know, you know, when you have like Tommy Lauren tweeting about like, well, I hope when Pride is canceled that you guys don't have a Thank fit. You. And we were like, Pride's literally been canceled. Yes. Like, yeah. You didn't hear anything because we yeah. get it. We're fine. Yeah. But then you, it's, it's, it's one bad group. It's a bad. It's a bad apple. And they the just, they should, the problem is one bad apple. I mean, it's true. It's the whole idea. You have a bunch of apples. One bad apple. Guess what? That stuff spreads and it rots the whole group. And 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 it, I get it. Look, I get it. That's why part of also why I don't go out there. You go out there and you have that one drink, that two drink inhibitions fall. Uh, I am only human too. I know. Yeah. I get it. And you know, yeah. and I don't. I don't. I, well, it's hard to say. I don't blame them because I do blame them. But. <laughs> Like shit happens, you know, and, and they right. and they make bad moves, you know, and and uh, I just think you're in a community, like you said, there are homeowners there. Most of the homeowners are people of a certain age, and yeah. people that are more uh, 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 that are that we have to worry more about them dying from this. And I am not about to kill the generation that survived AIDS and gave right. us rights because yeah. I can't have a kiki on the beach. I I'm just gonna say like peace this year, be okay and just not be a part of that. And to those who go out there, great, go out there, be safe. So many of my friends are, 99% um, are amazingly safe, but it's that 1% of idiots. It takes one person on an island that skinny to start a massive infestation of COVID. Exactly, yeah. and that's the most frustrating part is that like, you can go out to the pines and have a wonderful, lovely time and not, and not be irresponsible. You can be in a house with a couple people. You can go to the beach, be by yourself. Like, yeah. what? Why do we need to congregate? And then, yeah. and then to like selfie, like exactly the pictures. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's a picture. It's the, it's, it's the the pictures. I go. You have some cojones, like to literally post a photo of you at a be at a at a house party with people everywhere in the pool. Are you insane? Don't post it. I'm like, do you like your job? Are you that exactly like with that with the things going on in the world? Like, why would you even take the chance? I feel like so many people are, you know, we're being more aware and kind of like I think there's a big chunk of people that's coming into a new like awareness and sensitivity in social media, in creating and all that kind of thing. 
And so it was so shocking that like all this happened in this kind of like era of like consciousness, consciousness that I was like, the fuck is going on here? Yeah. My favorite were the ones that there was a few people that I saw actively being like, oh, I get it. We can only go Black Lives Matter. Now we go out and we protest and we blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, talking about something they don't know. Meanwhile, you know, studies now and tests have proven that there was no spike in coronavirus because, and I say this from someone that went to like 14 of them, everyone had masks. If you didn't have a mask, you were given a mask there. Everyone had masks. They were walking around hand sanitizer, people running in between the crowds, thousands, all that stuff. And I was like, and first of all, for you to compare to say that, and then I see you on Fire Island protesting nothing, only supporting yourself. Yeah. Out there with a mask off in a group. Go fuck yourself. Can I say that on there? Yeah. Yeah, totally. please. <laughs> um, please. When I went to a protest in Ohio, um, I actually felt safer at the protest because everyone was keeping their distance. Everyone had masks. I felt more safer at that than at the grocery store because yes. no one, like people don't wear masks in, in the Midwest as much. Yeah. So I was just like, I feel safer with these people who are thinking on a larger scale of safety. Yeah. Because if you're at a protest supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, then guess what? You're listening to the CDC and you're right. going to wear a mask because you are, are like aware of what's happening in the world. <laughs> you're, you're listening to what's being told to you. You know, uh, I, I saw, speaking of memes, I saw a new meme recently that said, um, it was like just simple as like, there are two pandemics currently going on and it had the coronavirus, you know, people with death, and then it had a woman with her mask off screaming and basically saying the pandemic of stupidity and the pandemic of coronavirus. And it's true, we have a pandemic of stupidity, you know, and, and luckily it's the minority of the country uh, because I think that people forget, you know, listen, the news, they got to they got to they got to make news and they got to right. keep sponsors happy and people watching money, money. So, you know, 80 something percent of Americans wear masks and approve of masks. But why we focus on the ones that don't and make a 24 hour coverage, I will never understand. I think all you do is perpetuate people's idiocy by doing that. But, you know, there is 20 percent still and 20 percent is is enough to get people sick. It's enough to make my home state of Florida a complete shit show right now. <laughs> woof. Yeah, I know. Florida. My state's always woof. Why is it always woof? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it has the potential to do I some know. great we, things. We once had the potential. My God. And you know, and let, let's be honest. I, I want to say this as a Floridian. <laughs> Orlando North, I'm going to get hate mail for this, but Orlando North is very woof. That's where you hear the stories about like, you know, like Florida man. Yeah. And like Amber mm-hmm. Alerts. Like, I think we actually like created the Amber Alert. I think we were like, which is really like, you know, oranges and Amber Alerts are our, our, our products. Um, <laughs> but Orlando South, like we are, we are diverse. <laughs> we are trying to do things right. And we do go blue a lot, but man, that Orlando North, whoo, it's something different. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, I love, Speaking of you um, talking about being from Florida and different things that Florida has had influence on in uh, in politics and the world as we know it, I want to get into your podcast where you actually kind of talk about being from Florida and kind of learning the power of your vote and how that was part of your um, part of your coming of age as like someone who is uh, politics aware and an activist. So, um, do you want to talk about that and what inspired yeah. you to start the podcast? Well, I mean. Yeah, my, my, well, when it inspired me to start the podcast was I was um, I, uh, I I have a, I have an issue with 
a uh, what I call uh, slacktivism, and it's it, it's a uh, and it's actually now in like Urban Dictionary. It's a real thing. Mm -hmm. I, I did not. It's not me. I just heard from somebody yeah. else. Um, but it's a real amazing term, slacktivism, where you just do these performative posting things. The, good example: the Black Square. The Black yeah. Square slacktivism. If you just posted a Black Square and you're like, "Did it? Black Lives Matter." Yeah, you are not an activist. You are a slacktivist. Yeah. Um, activism is when you take you can do performative actions like a black square painting Black Lives Matter on the road outside of Trump Tower. All that stuff is great. Awesome stuff. Great. Awesome visuals. You have to back with action. So social media posts like for the most part, look, I don't I'm not perfect about it. I'm human. But for the most part, when I post something about on social media that bothers me, I will always usually follow it up with a phone call. If it's something I can call about, if it is an elected official. I will call it up with a usually like, you know, leave your, you know, voicemail, beep, hi, you're a dick. Um, just want to let you know that you're, you know, there will be a phone call about yeah. what I feel to the elected representative that has taken away rights or whatever they've done wrong. But there's also a, a, a sense of, um, in, in our industry, we are so full of impassioned people that are so passionate about what we do. And we, uh, but with that, I, I watch a lot of people that stand uh, idle when it comes to politics and they or they do just performative things. They just post a meme or a thing or they repost the same article. Everyone's reposted. So I have to see like so and so and 20 of their friends share this article. I'm like, oh, great. Right. You know, yeah. like, what is that doing? You're just creating, you know, you're creating uh, noise. It's not it's not good noise. So. uh with my complaints on that, I can complain about that all I want, or I can do something about that and say, well, listen, maybe it's a matter of the fact that our community doesn't feel empowered and doesn't, or more so, doesn't know where to go exactly because there's so much stuff out there. And so my thought is, can I create something that will give 15, 20 minutes to a topic every week, voter registration, fundraising, um, uh, and we'll get to it more later, but episode two, protesting, um, you know, things like that. And then tag onto it a very, you know, big names in our industry, big names that you know and you love and you look up to that also are activists. So you see, you can have it both and without sacrificing your career and all that stuff. Yeah. People get so scared of that. And I go, no, 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 no. The people that really matter are the ones that are going to listen to you and stand up with you when you're talking about injustices. You know, it's, just, it's not. The people that don't matter, like, you know, fuck them. It's not, you know, that's not important. This, this, you have one life on this earth, you know, um, one, one voice to get across. So I, I remember I woke up that morning when the idea hit me, I feel like in a dream. And I called Jamie Dumont, who is the, uh, the creator and the, and the, the host of the fabulous invalid. And Jamie's one of my like best friends. I have known Jamie and his husband Rick for ever. Uh, I think well over maybe almost 12 years now. And then Jamie's just one of my favorite humans ever. Mm -hmm. So I said like, hey, I have an idea. What do you think of this? And I had the, I had the giant title <laughs> already there. I had the goater who is Sylvia, the podcast. <laughs> um, Love that podcast. Yeah. But I, I called him and I said, what do you think of this? And he right away jumped right onto it, right into it and said, let's do it. Let's do it. I, I will we'll figure it out VPN. I will produce, you know, as far as Fabulous Invalid LLC, and we'll we'll figure it all out. And so, you know, we talked about it all, all you know, early summer, getting it all together, getting it ready, <clears throat> and then dropped right at the at the moment where 
um, just because of schedule wise, every week is too much. And I knew it was going to be about Trust. 10 weeks ago. I mean, it's <laughs> I dropped my first episode last week and here I am like making one this week and I go, wait, aren't we done yet? <laughs> it's fast. And I have a two week. Oh my God. You guys do every week. Oh, uh, well, anyone who listens to us knows that we don't have a schedule. So we, we drop them when we got them. <laughs> um, we try to build them up and then release them. Like <laughs> put up by hurricane. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we don't, we're not, we're not those girls. We're not like planning girls. We're more like. It's hard. It's hard. And so it's hard with this because we have an election coming up and it is on a schedule. <clears throat> we have it planned out so that it, it literally leads up every other week up until the election. Um, That's great. So, yeah. So Unless something big happens. I mean, you'll still do it, but like, you know, like life events happen. You're like, crap, how am I going to do this this week? But you'll like, I will pack that microphone and I'll put it in a, I'll put it in a duffel and we'll run. You'll be like protesting and just like, like hey, we're coming to you live from, uh, yeah, exactly. Seriously. <laughs> the world is ending, but the podcast is going on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so we have, well, uh, so Jamie jumped right on board and then, you know, and we started, you know, and, and we, and we started to uh, figure out what it was going to be. And, and, and right away, you know, we knew the first one was going to be just an introduction about why activism. And, and with that, I, um, I made I made a confession that I've never. My parents know this. My family knows this, but I've never said aloud, and it's horrifying. But it's the truth. In the 2000 election, when George W. Bush was running against Al Gore, I turned 18, and I was registered in Florida. But I also was in my freshman year, first semester of college, and I was more interested in getting cast in a show slash keg parties, and I didn't vote. I didn't mm-hmm. vote in the election in Florida, in the state of hanging chads. Yeah. yeah, if you all don't know what happened in the 2000 election in Florida, read about it. There's... Well, let's just say some people um, <laughs> didn't vote, and by a very small margin, George W. Bush became our president because the Supreme Court decided over all of us uh, at a very small margin. Uh, so, you know, that. As I say on the podcast, you live, you learn. Yeah. Um, and then in the next one with Carrie, you know, I, I got I got more involved. And I listened to, I remember I watched the all the you know the debates and you know the, the famous Howard Dean scream. Isn't that Howard Dean scream seems so like harming now? The fact that his whole campaign ended on a scream. I mean, I, I think back to that all the time when you know George W. Bush is a war criminal and kind of a dunce, but I look back at him now and I'm like, remember how we thought we had the stupidest president ever? I'll, and I'll evil. child. I'll take stupid over evil any day. Um and 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 so yeah, so we we you know we we put this together. So the first episode is you know about my story about like being a really you know, shitty person when it comes to politics, being completely uninvolved, thinking that the world revolved only around me and my experiences, and then coming to and realizing that it is different. And I, and I talk about my first episode that, you know, Barack Obama was was the, the and I think for a lot of people was the, the spark in a certain way that started the flame um, because I saw a politician that spoke and felt and acted like I did. And I went, oh, this is somebody that, uh, reminds me of the ideals that I believe in and reminds me of why I care so much. And he used the word that I, I, I'm an optimist by, by, by life. I, I am an optimist. I am very much like the sun will come out tomorrow, look for the silver lining. 
Like that is all me, um, no matter what's happening. And, and his campaign just said hope. And I remember going, ah, oh, hope, huh. Four letters that are so simple, hope, but are so profound. In a time where we were in these unnecessary wars, everyone, the, a recession happened and everyone was losing their jobs. Um, what I tell theater people and I say in the first episode, we are always the first ones to go. People always forget that. They say, oh, I just can't be political. I just, I can't. It's just, you know, oh, what's the point? Well, your job's the point. Your job's the point. Because when these things happen, your job's the first thing to go. When people, when, when a recession happens right now, right this very minute with coronavirus and the shitty way that this administration is handling it, guess what people are canceling? Their theater subscriptions. They are canceling them everywhere. That's the first thing that goes because that's, that's something they can't afford. Vacation homes, vacations, theater subscriptions. Yeah. All these things are what goes first. And we forget that in 2007, so many theaters went out of business. So many theaters said goodbye after that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's directly, first of all, also when these people are in power and these people, I mean, Republicans, they, uh, they seem to forget the arts and they seem to always like be really cute about like, we're gonna slash the arts budget and they always threaten it. And then it gets to the freaking like hour and they end up, someone ends up saving it. And I'm so tired of being on the chopping block. I'm so tired of what we do being on the chopping block. So like, you know, you have to get involved. You have to care. It's your livelihood. Activism is not just, it's your livelihood. It's your livelihood. You have to be involved. Yeah. So all these reasons why I'm going on on a tangent and litany here is because why you have to be involved. You have to be, so I wanted to create something where people could feel safe, um, come to and hear tips, and then be sent off by someone they know, they love, they trust saying it's okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and then sometimes going deeper into things, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important right now, especially um, because I think a lot of people are being um, awakened into kind of like a new passion for activism or they're realizing that it's something that's not just, um, not just for the select few, it's for everyone to do. And I think that a lot of people, you know, when you're learning about something new and you're being, you know, seeing things flying at you on social media, you're like, great, but I'm clueless and I need guidance. I think we it, we look to those people who know already, whether it be, you know, artists that we admire or simply just go here, call this number, say this. Yeah. It's that yeah. simple. And I think it's really important, especially for for theater people, because like you said, there's been this kind of myth that, you, you know, you don't want to be too political. You don't want to like let people know where you stand because it might affect your job. And at this point, it's kind of like, eh. I mean, look around a dressing room. Everyone's fucking bleeding heart liberal. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like uh, the money might not be, but it's let's, ho let's hope yeah. that that all gets toppled in its yeah. own way. Too. Yeah. It, I think it's so interesting that like activism sounds so bad, but it's really just being active in your government. Why can't we be active 365? It wouldn't seem so bad if we did it every day. And so I think we're overloaded on it now because it's just so much more than we're used to. But hopefully we'll stay at this height of being active and it won't look um, so yeah. overwhelming in the future. Does that make and, sense? Yeah. And yeah. let me, and let me like, tag on to that, Caleb, real quick before Eric gets in. When we say we being overwhelmed, Caleb and I are talking about like ourselves, people of like privilege, you know, that, that have not had to, uh, not had to have um, 
been activists simply out of our privilege and a, yes, maybe yeah. a lack of awareness, a lack of knowing the severity of situations. So yes. that's when we say we, we're talking about people like us. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but also, but also, like, but I mean, but here's the thing too: is that we have like, you know, people forget. Like, yes, you you are you know both white gay men, right? So here's the thing too: just two weeks ago, the Supreme Court decided this profound victory, which I was like, fuck that, I'm not celebrating this. This profound victory that we can't be fired at our jobs for being gay. Let's celebrate. Come on, really? Like in 2020, we're celebrating the fact that we cannot- We can't be fired for being gay? For being, for, for, for the fact that we go home to a person of the same sex that we love. We can't be fired for that. Like really? So like, you know, it, it applies to all of us and, and, and yes, there is inherent privilege. There's inherent privilege in me. I am Latino, but I I know how I look. I know what I I know when I walk into a store, no one follows me. I know when I get pulled over by a cop, that cop does not give me shit. I know my privilege on those things. But we all have our own versions of what we have to face in this world. And the fact that even as you know, gay men of all walks of life, the fact that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we had to celebrate the fact that we have the right to work and not get fired for being gay or trans, like that is bullshit, um, is the world we live in. Um, there's, you said it so beautifully, Caleb, it's, it's really true, like activist is, that's the root, I mean, the root word is active. Just yeah. stay active in the world around you. Just yeah. don't like, don't like, I, I remember, I won't say their name because that's a really shitty thing to do, but I, uh, I, I went on a, I was on a few dates with this guy who, um, it was very much like, I can hear the bells, like very, like, I was like, this uh -huh. is the one. And then they revealed to me that um, not only the way their family leaned, which is fine, I can deal with that. We all have dark families, but True. then the fact that they said like, I don't, um, I don't, uh, yeah, politics, ugh, it's like, it doesn't really affect me. And like, they're all the same. And literally like, I heard like the funeral March. <laughs> it went from I can hear the bells to like. You know, in our industry, it was just so lackadaisical about the world around them, and I was like, "What is that kind of privilege like? Like, what is that? You know, like I have right. a lot of friends that are are you know I'm a single gay man, and I have a lot of friends that are married and have um have had the fortune of getting married because of the very right son of them. And I don't, listen, not everyone's a fighter. Not everyone's a fighter. Not everyone's a marcher in the streets. But a lot of them have the right because of the fact that people like me like that hit the streets in New York. And we marched and we made a lot of freaking noise. And I sat there with my friend Rory and Gavin and Jenny and all of them. And I sat there and wrote letters and we and we and we and we all and, and there was and it became a larger thing here and we made movements um on marriage equality you know but you know they they it, it, we all have a part to play in this and, and when you step outside of it and think it doesn't affect you it just kind of shows honestly who you are with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I think that people should... I, I loved listening to your podcast. I'm a big fan of um, Javier Munoz and the things he does for the community. It's yeah, really inspiring. Really inspiring and talented, and um, such a sweetheart. Like I, I like giggle listening to him. You know, just like I have a little crush. You know, oh, are you kidding? Totally. When he was like, I, I, we were neighbors during On Your Feet and um and uh, and uh and Hamilton, so I got to know him pretty well. Shut up! You're wearing it. Look, I knew I, I saw a fist. Duh. What's that fist? <laughs> Mama. <laughs> God. Um. So no, he he yeah he's just amazing and and he was I, the moment I knew I was going to do the show he was he was the obvious first guest. Um, we have so Tuesday morning our new uh, we're going to start dropping on Tuesdays because that's the date of elections. Uh, Perfect. Exactly. So Tuesday yeah. morning I have a re- we have a really really cool uh, episode that I'm really excited about. Uh, we are I won't I won't say the guests because I want to keep that a secret because they're really they're it's an amazing panel but um, we talk about protesting. Uh, your rights and everything and take you through, I take you through a kind of like a how-to guide on that. And then we tear into the Dear White American Theater letter. And oh. we have a lot of people who signed that letter and talking about how we as an industry can fight systemic racism in our in our, in our our industry. And so I'm real, it's a conversation like from the get-go when we were doing this, I was like, we are having this talk. Absolutely. And if you, if you, you should absolutely listen to all these episodes, but definitely listen to the one that's going to come out on Tuesday. And before you listen to it, check out, um, uh, I don't know their Instagram handle, but I think it's we see you W A T or something like yeah, that. So, it's yeah. the, it's the, um, we dear white American theater and they've released their, um, list of demands. And it is a really interesting, uh, and I think necessary read for everyone to know what our industry needs to do in order to regain the trust of black people. And people of color. Yes. Um, we kind of went out of order, but we always ask our guests just at the beginning of each thing. We're going to ask you at the end of the interview. Uh, but what first got um, young Eric interested in the arts? Oh, I'm going to walk with you because I'm grabbing my charger because my phone is told, I think it's told me at 6%. <gasps> oh, no. It's only charged for you guys. I don't oh, know my God. Uh, it's it's a podcast. podcast. I've already moved. You're moving. It's fine. Yeah, we love, we love a scene change. I know. I saw I saw your Blair Witch walk earlier, Caleb. Oh, yeah. It's spooky. <laughs> we're, we're cutting the... There's a tree, a dead tree in the back that's getting yeah. cut. I didn't know when it was happening. The Blair Bitch Project. <gasps> the Blair Bitch Oh, there we go. Uh, I've seen that one. <laughs> I think well, we all have. I think we all have. <laughs> it, it was filmed in Fire Island. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, two seconds. No, it's okay. great. This cocktail, you guys, I this is this is empty. <gasps> I I'm gonna go ahead and drink all of this. She's poured okay, it. Also, this is a segue, but um well it's not a segue, it's just a completely different topic. I made macarons today and they're s'mores flavored. That's very um it's very cute. It's like the stuffed. Wait, you made those? Yeah. 
Elliot, I'm coming by your place. Please. So I so I made these, and thanks to Spencer Lawson who helped me get the feet, and uh, they're delicious. So I'm gonna have this a little bit. Longer. Are they really hard to make? Because I made I made um, I made uh, Pavlov years ago, and I found it to be the hardest thing ever because I burned 17 batches of it before I got it right. Are they hard? They are really really hard. It's you can't overmix them. That's the problem I've had before. I've only made them once before, and so for my second batch, I'm very happy with how these came out. Um, but you can't over whip them or else they'll like collapse. <clears throat> okay. But these are very sturdy and they have the feet, like the little like um, at the bottom. And the ones I did before didn't have those. So it's slow victories. Um, yeah, I'm very happy with them. Um, amazing. This looks so good. And I want to eat all of them right now. Um, wait, what was the question you asked me before I had to do a scene change? <laughs> what first got you interested in the arts as a young person? Okay, so... Um, little Eric wanted to be an animator slash president, according to his fifth grade. Um, <laughs> I looked at my little thing, like when I grow up, little book when I was a kid that had like my school picture every year. And then I would write something and a fifth grade, I wanted to be an animator slash president. Um, I, I'd love to see it. Exactly. You know, um, so I wanted to be an, I, I grew up drawing. Uh, I was, I was, I was, a, uh, like I drew, I painted also. That was, that was my, my wheelhouse. And, I wanted to work for the Walt Disney Company and be an animator. And then I, when I was around 13, 14, I took a course in animation and classes in it. And I soon realized that I would rather do anything on earth than be an animator. Because back in the day, like, you know, if you were, you don't start off like, you're not creating Ursula. What you're doing is getting Ursula and you're drawing this one. And then you're flipping the page and she moves but a quarter inch and, yes. and I was like, no, 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 no. And that's how you start off and you're there for years like that. And I know myself, like that's not, it's not going to work out. So I let go of dreams of Ursula and, and animation. And, um, and then I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was, uh, and, and, I, and I say the true story because the true story is important. I was, I was skipping class. Here, <gasps> I know. Bad I know. boy. I was skipping class. And I uh, was 15 or 16, and I didn't want to get caught, so I snuck in the back of the theater because I was like, no one's going to find me back here. And I like sat in the back chair, and they were going through their dress rehearsal of Little Abner. Yes, Little <laughs> Abner. Liberation tea corn cone. So we, so I, I saw their final dress, the second act of it. And I was so uh, kind of blown away by people on stage playing characters and doing that. And this is the thing too, that people don't understand like about cultural representation. Cuban Eric from Miami and for Lauderdale at the time did not know theater because theater was not something that was pushed out towards Latinos in a certain way or towards our community in a certain way. We did the, the stories were not being told back, you know, in, in, in the nineties of that. So there was not, I did not have a place to, 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 to find any of that. So I, did, I had never heard of theater. I didn't know what the hell a musical was. All I know is that I was watching people sing about an old Confederate general <laughs> in a cartoon town. And this song, and I go, what is this? And so I, I came back that night on my own accord and bought a ticket. And I watched the whole show. And I knew one of the kids uh, in the show was this guy, Chris, from my chemistry class. Um, and 
uh, we, and so the next day in chemistry, I talked to him about the show. I said, I saw you in, you know, in, in Little Abner. And he got me, like, we started talking about theater and listening to things. And we used to write alternate lyrics to Titanic ah. musical in chemistry class. That I, is <laughs> We were both heterosexual then, and we had girlfriends. Oh, we yes, Chris. To Titanic the musical. Um, and then the next year, I, uh, that, that summer, I, uh, I auditioned for a community theater production of Gypsy at this really famous community theater in Fort Lauderdale. And just my parents had no idea what the hell was going on. And they just dropped me off there. And then I got it. And, and like, it, little Eric was a farm boy, you know, and I was, you know, just doing Broadway, Broadway, you know. Yeah. Um, and they came and they saw it. And, and, and I'll give my parents credit. They, uh, they, from the beginning, my mom told me that early on, she used to get really nervous when she watched me, thinking I would just really screw up on stage. But mm -hmm. once the first couple of shows happened, and she realized that I knew what I was doing and she could feel safe, she was able to sit back and just enjoy her son playing a character. And now it's a very different thing, um, obviously. But uh, yeah, I just, it was, it, don't skip class. Don't skip school kids. But if you're going to skip class, oh, please. Out in the theater. I, yeah. I, someone would gasp if I said I were in class. I mean, that is how much I skipped class in, in school. Especially, honestly, I skipped the most class in middle school. Oh, really? How? Yeah, because, how could okay. you skip middle school? Like, <laughs> I'll tell you, because, because the, the gifted and talented program had, sure. We had our own room, Mrs. Caswell, our drama, who was the head of all of it, drama, music, everything. She would, she had her own office and I would always have a project in there. So I would just get a note from Mrs. Caswell that I was going to be in her room for the day. And I would spend the entire day in there sometimes like crafting and like working on stuff and just talking and I don't know. <laughs> it was right. very formative in my life, but even even in even in high school, I would like leave biology class to go to um, to go to like work on the set for our you know drama class presentation. One hundred percent. My senior year, I still I'm thirty eight years old, thirty eight and a half years old, and I still have deep nightmares where I will jump out of bed and I'm like, I'm feeling algebra two. <laughs> Me too. Yes, because I had. Algebra two, I, we were doing guys and dolls. It was my senior year and I would skip class to go help build the set and to, and to like, you know, paint Runyon land. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, and so I, uh, I, you know, the teacher would be like, uh, you know, don't you have class? And I was like, no, it's study period. And just like make up some bullshit, you know, and just show up and paint the set. And so uh, a week before uh, the end of the semester, you know, it's the end of the semester and the spring musical happens and then you're, you're gone. Uh, I got a, uh, a, a, she pulled me aside after class and went, um, hey, it's just so you know, um, you have a 46% in this class. And I was like, oh. he goes, you're, you're not only failing, you're failing, failing. And I was like, oh. and I was like, oh my God. So I um, bought her and her girlfriend. Um, I, come on. Progressive. Family. I I know community when I see it. Family. I wasn't out yet, but I knew she was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got them a pair of tickets to go see me as Nathan Detroit and Guys and Dolls. And what a gift. <laughs> last week at school, she uh, gave a little like cards out with um, like a pencil, like, 
you can do it. Dreams are for you. Like just mm -hmm. those, you know, uh, yeah. Very it's like a, what was yeah. I, what was a ch Chinese trading company? It was like oh, I think it was Oriental Trading Company. Oh, Oriental Trading. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, we're gonna call Magazine. it. We're gonna call it trading company. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. trading. Oh, trading. <laughs> Oh. I want a bite. So oh, my, my boyfriend is eating the macaron right now, and I haven't had a bite of it. Well, I can't it, wait. he deserves it. Um, oh, trading! I would um, flip through that. So, so no, she, she, she opens. Wait, so the card opens up, and I open the card, and the card from her said, "Um, I really in, we 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 really enjoyed the show Saturday night." We know we know where your talents really lie. I would never hold you back. You'll graduate with a D. Aww. We'll take the D. I'll I'll take the D. Okay. I'll take the D and well. And pass. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting I for that. that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. But also, don't fail. Don't fail. No, classes. don't fail. Won't do that. But no, like, go, like en go enough. I remember, I remember it was senior year. I was so over it and just like ready to go, like be, be in college for musical theater and just like, just like focus on Broadway. But like, I, <laughs> I remember being like, I would wake up and my mother would be like, I would be like, not even lying anymore. Not, not, I have a fever. I, I am sick. I would be like, I have an algebra two test today and I can't take it. I said, I'm not prepared. Algebra two and she, and she'd be like, that's fine, go in late. <laughs> but you had to take it at mom. some point. Like, that's the thing. Like, I took it. Kayla, were you a good student? I was. Like, I you guys were talking about Algebra 2 your senior year. I think I did that, like, my sophomore year. I was in, like, trick and pre-calc, y'all. Don't you brag. Don't you brag. <laughs> I was in, like, advanced calculus my senior exactly. year. Exactly. But I was doing, like, I used it so much in my daily life, like... Well, you just on Pythagorean theorem. I was on. What is guys? This Pythagorean theorem. Don't know what it. No. Isn't that isn't that like y equals x x plus ab squared or something? Yeah, like exactly. When has when has it ever like come? But I've never been like, yo, you know, I have to balance my checkbook. I'll use the Pythagorean theorem. Please, I wish I knew about like investing. Well. Same. Um, so Elliot, can we talk about the fact of when you went to college and went to go live your college dreams and your Broadway dreams, and that's when we met? That is when we met. We met at the Lyric Theater of Oklahoma. Oh my god! We did. We did. Um, bye bye, Birdie, and I got to like punch Eric in the face. He did. We're talking to Conrad, a Hugo Peabody, right here. Hugo, who in the reviews I was I was hailed as miscast. Well, that's just bullshit. Um, you know, those, those cruel Oklahoma City newspapers. Yeah, the 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 epicenter of the, theatrical criticism, Oklahoma City. Uh, always. Uh -huh. Wasn't it like the Tulsa Sun, though? It was like not even like Oklahoma or the Edmonds. It was multiple. It was a couple that said it. <laughs> that all you that all used miscast as the adjective. So that alliteration. Listen, there were. Look, it's a gift. Also, I'll take it because if you thought I was miscast, then bitch, I got the job for a reason, honey. Honey, have you called them back and showed them your resume now? Mama. <laughs> have no, you come to oh, hey, have you seen my multiple Broadway credits? <laughs> it, but it's not that long. It's just, it's just, 
Uh, no, but what what I do remember from that night, we're going a little long, but I'm having so much fun. If as long as we're okay, we'll go as long as we can. Um, the um, uh, we, I remember the night where, I think Meredith, who was playing Kim, yeah. called me Conrad. Yes, in like the scene where I'm supposed to punch you, and I remember being like. I'm Hugo. <laughs> like so well, she was like, "Come on, Bertie, I'll never speak to you again." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "What?" Like it was so funny. But I remember that was so fun, and what a great set. Oh my That's- god! Well, at, well, because of that, Adam Coke, Adam Coke, Adam Coke. Uh, right when he was so, I was t- when we were doing passing through last summer. Uh, Another school school you wrote. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, at Goodspeed last summer, when uh, Igor Golden was directing it, we talked about designers. And you know, he Igor's always like just incredibly collaborative about everything. That's why I always go to him. And because he just know he he so I I brought people to the table and said, take a meeting, you know, whatever. And he and Adam Coke took a meeting and they hit it off right away. And Adam Coke made this freaking like amazing, gorgeous set. But Adam, yeah, Adam made this amazing set. Like, remember that Penn Station? Oh it was what dreams look yeah. like. The telephone and hour. The telephone hour was a, oh, was hey. Well, like, like Wait, I think I ten, I think it was like ten dog houses. I wonder if I have a photo of this and I can actually get it on this thing. Hold on, it was so good. Um, while you look for the photo, we're gonna move to our first segment. We're gonna do like rapid fire segments, Caleb, if that's cool. Yes. So we're gonna move to our first segment, which is Caleb's segment, blonde girl moment. Maybe I'd better go. Oh, age I So, Blonde Girls from Ohio is an opinion piece on mine. Usually, I like to do the other opinions so it gets everyone in a little tizzy. So, controversial. Controversial. Um, so, we're going to a lot of um, summers, a little bit different. We have um, cookouts, but they're social distancing, or we're kind of having a different kind of cookout this year. Um, but we're going to talk about side dishes. Um, the best side dish is a cold jello because all of the other foods are hot. Um, you have your hot dog, you have like all those hot sides and they're not refreshing during a grill. So controversially, I'm going to say the best side dish is a jello. You're Midwest insane. Jello? Because I was going to say baked beans, but you could bake baked beans 365. Have I don't get jello 365. Have you ever been to a barbecue? I've been to a lot of barbecues. Caleb, there are there are so many cold sides at barbecues. Potato salad. Potato salad. Potato salad is also can be hot sometimes, and you can really fail. In hell. No, potato salad, macaroni salad. One of my favorite. One of my favorite side dishes, indoors or outdoors. I love macaroni salad. Ambrosia salad. But th- those are 365. Like, you don't get Jell-O 365. Name when was the last time you had Jell-O. For a reason, Caleb, not <laughs> when, I, when I think I had coronavirus. <laughs> sure. Because it was always a take. But, like, imagine red, white, and blue Jell-O with some whipped cream and maybe some blueberries on it. First of all, not Jell-O with whipped cream. Not this. Oh, see, actually, I would be down with that. The, the, the whipped cream sold me. <laughs> okay. So, in a nutshell, you can't argue with me. Baked beans are the second 
side, the first side is Jello. That's my topic for today. Well, we time, we'll discuss this more on Instagram. I will post and you can troll me as much as you want. Please troll Caleb because that is ridiculous to say that Jello is the number one side dish at a barbecue. Well, deal it's with it. Opinion or a fact? What about coleslaw? It's Caleb's opinion. It is my opinion. It's my segment. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. No, I I I I trust in your segment. Uh, coleslaw is a weird thing, though. Let's be it's, honest. It it's got to be right. Because yes. coleslaw, when coleslaw is like just very sweet and mayonnaisey, I want to throw myself out of my building, like face first. It can't Ooh. be too mayonnaisey. I need a vinegar base. I need a vinegar base. Yeah. Oh, vinegar based language, Elliot. I need a vinegar based coleslaw, and I need there to be apples or celery, some kind of like light crunch. Yes, something with a crunch in it. Okay. Well, you can only put pecans in some jello so you get some crunch in the jello too. Ew. Pecans in jello? Okay, well, no, I was on your side. I was on your side. You've had it and you've liked it. Don't no. Lie. Pecans in jello. Caleb, you are not even having this delicious entire Qcox right now. You're drinking. Wait, we, yeah, literally. I just... You are not this drunk, Caleb. You know what? I'm going to ask on Qcox to make a jello cocktail just for me and everyone's gonna love it a no. cocktail a jello cocktail yeah yeah exactly <laughs> no one will order it anyway onward onward to uh merch madness <laughs> if you don't know i collect musical theater merchandise and uh, I do a segment where I pin two pieces of merchandise together and choose a winner in a versus format. However, in Corona times, girl, we all need a mask. So this is a, another edition of Mask Madness. These are made by my uncles in Fort Lauderdale, actually. Uh, they have a company there. This is mask one. <gasps> I love Gorgeous. Oh. So this is a new style. This is very like tie-dye psychedelic. What I really like is the lining is like is That's like gorgeous. an opposite lining. It's like a teal lining. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. um, and what I like about this is, is a new shape. Oh, what a cute little cow! Oh, you're, you're I love the cow one. This is a, this is a um. It's more of a, a traditional mask shape. The other masks that I've shown on the show have been more like Eric's shape, which is like the nose up. And Wait, can you put yours on again? Yeah, I want to see it. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. So it's really cute. It goes all the way. Yeah. The the only thing is it goes up really high. Like I can almost feel it in my eyeballs. Um, <laughs> but I have a like a, a, a short face. So I usually just do it like this. Or what's nice for the extra length is when I'm wearing my glasses is I just like clamp this down with my glasses mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, and go from there. Also, for anyone I see walking around talking on their phone with their mask down, I just did a podcast with my mask on and it was totally fine. So you should just keep your mask on. Your aunt Shelly can hear you. Okay. It's not, it's not. What? <laughs> and if she can't, it's her problem. She needs a hearing aid. Not I, no, Caleb, that is not the right way. This okay. thing no, that's wrong. This Eric, makes me insane. People do this. You did a whole post. Check out your, yeah. everyone. Everyone check out Eric's Instagram. He just did a whole great, it like, was, collage. It was just thirsty, Elliot, let's be honest. What? It was just thirsty, let's be honest. Please, it was still great. I, I was trying to help the world. 
I'm not, no one's mad. Ask anyone, no one's mad. Okay, that's the first contestant. Second. <gasps> Liza's masks. Gorgeous. Look at that. Wait, from the same uncles? Same uncles. I'll send you the website. Yes. This is a, a Navy sequins. Oh my God, I need that. Now I do have to say, okay. The masks have all been really high quality. However, I'm the, the nephew, right? So they're gonna send me maybe, maybe the ones that have like a short loophole and then like a long, you know what I mean? So like for me, for me, they're relative, the fit isn't perfect, but generally the fit on these masks is just, and the fashion. I mean, yeah, this is a navy sequin. They have sequin in all different colors. Um, let me let me actually put, give Britt this right now. I've been thinking about the fact that we need formal wear masks. Yes. Yes. I went to, formal wear mask, I don't know what is. This is a little bit of a downer, <laughs> but I went to a funeral recently and I was like, I need a funeral mask. And luckily I had one. I have a mask drawer now in my accessories, but this is my funeral mask. This is a former winner of Merch Madness, but see. Do you hold it, do you hold it only for your mask it up with? Uh, That's the, the website, mask it up with OTT. Yes. Wait, uh, so do you you wear your funeral mask only to funerals or will you, will you, will you bring no, no, but it's like an evening mask. Yeah. <laughs> and what I and what I realized is I was wearing a I was wearing like a suit coat. Bitch, you fold this under, you fold this. That's a pocket square. Okay. <gasps> Shut the hold pull on, it wait, out and put it in. Wait, can I do I call this I call this mask Caroline because obviously I'm gay and gypsy. <laughs> but like Caroline, pocket square. Lovely. Oh my god, okay. just the cow. Okay, hold on one second. I um, hey, Britt, will you take me out? I love the. I'm. Pro, I live on a dairy farm in Ohio, so I love the cow mask. So I really. Yeah, we're finally it. alone. Thank God. What? I said finally we're alone, Caleb. Thank God. I know. I know. He was just taking up the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Wait. So who wait, made you that mask? Who made your mask? Um, I got it from so my so my mom's friends in um, in Texas near Fort Worth. Uh, she, my parents lived out there for a while, mm -hmm. and they had a. Um, this is coming off in like thirty seconds. I'm already overheating. Um, I'm being such a Karen right now. I'm like, I'm overheating. Um, <laughs> I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't I have a medical condition. Um, but I uh, no. They 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 had a they have a company where they make them, and the patterns were like I think this is early or like this is early Corona, and the patterns were very much like not my style and they had um they had one that i loved that was like a paisley like like a bandana print but then like i didn't realize that in between the paisley was little boots and it said deep in the heart of texas and i was like no no so i i i i got this and i have one that's a giraffe print which i call gay bane because it looks like bane from batman you know the, the movie but it's like but it's like the it's, it's his gay twin Yes. Well, check out Mask It Up with OTP. They will. Oh my God! I have to go buy that. I'm buying that. I'm literally buying that one. All right, Caleb. Close this up with the gaming. Yes. These are just quick games. Just quick games. Your first New York survival job. 
Me? Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, oh god. What did I do? Uh, 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 restaurant, sir, a server. Where at? Where at? Oh god, where the fuck did I work? Uh, Bra Bra Brasserie three sixty. Great. Um, must try Cuban food. Say again. Must try Cuban food. Oh my god. Um, picadillo. Um, favorite favorite Gloria. One more time. One more time. Favorite Gloria. Oh my god. Um, anything for you? You're not here. Great. Um, try. Wait. Turn down your sound just a little bit. I think we we're have getting a little echo. Of me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Let me also. Is that better? Yeah. Yes. Um. So Florida gets, we talked about this, Florida gets a bad rap sometimes, but um, what is one must see thing in Florida? I, had so a, I can't hear you guys anymore. Must see in Florida. Must do. Uh-oh. One more time. Okay, now I'm back. Now I'm back. Must see in Florida. Um, must see in Florida. God. Um. I grew up in Miami, so like the the the, the, the Cuban culture down in like Hialeah, uh, South Beach, all that stuff. Go eat food, go dance, go 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 on the beach. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so what's what was a fad from like your childhood that you loved? Like Tamagotchi was for me. I was obsessed oh, with Tamagotchi. Shirts. What? Do you know this? No. Hypercolor shirts. Wait, they were shirts that literally your temperature of your hand would change the color of your shirt. Um, I don't know why I love them. They always broke though. The moment you washed them, they were over. Oh, sure. Um, lastly, this is the last question. It's I can't believe this is my job moment you've ever had. Um, seeing uh, seeing my first play, seeing Twenty Six Pebbles uh, premiere. I can't. I I, I just I. I had been through a Broadway debut and I, and I thought it couldn't get better than that. But seeing, seeing my, something I created come to life on stage and people applauding and, and, and people bowing to these words, I, I just still, I get very moved by that. Yeah. Love that. And it's the perfect tie in to what you're doing now on the Broadway podcast network is making something, creating something, using your art to amplify your voice. So we are so thankful that you came on the podcast with us, Eric. I'm so thankful to be here. This was way too much fun. Uh, yeah, we're taking a nap right now. <laughs> <laughs> for us coming back, we came back with a bang and a long episode, <laughs> but it was so much fun and worth it. Um, Eric, where can people find you on social media and where can people find your podcast? Uh, so you can find me on social media at um, on Instagram at, at the T H E U L L O A at the Uyoa T H E U L L O A. And then on Twitter, because they closed my last account because I made a joke about cats that apparently was a death threat. That's for podcast number two. Um, yeah. I, I joked with a friend, I'll murder you about cats. And they said that I was doing a death threat to somebody and they closed down my account. Um, um, we need so, to introduce you to Mike Abrams. Yes. Yeah, so the cats movie um, so I, on Twitter, it's uh, at the Uyoa, T-H-E-U-L-L-O-A-2. Um, and then the podcast is 
do you hear the people sing? Uh, you could find it literally by that on um, on iTunes and on Spotify. On Spotify, here you have to type in "Do you hear the people sing?" podcast, and you'll find the podcast there. Episode one's out. Episode two drops Tuesday morning. And you'll also find it on the BPN app. Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Everyone, check out if you. This has happened since we've done episodes, but there is a Broadway Podcast Network app where you can get exclusive early releases for episodes. Um, Episodes will start playing automatically after you're finished with them. There's Explore options, so it's really a great thing. Download that app, Um, and while you're downloading that app. You can go on iTunes, your podcast app, and you can give Equity One a five-star rating and a review. And while you're there, just search Do You Hear the People Sing, colon, The Theater Person's Guide to Saving Democracy, and you give Eric a five-star review as well, okay? Um, You can find our podcast at Equity One Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Equity One underscore on Twitter. Send us an email at equity one podcast at gmail.com. Sorry about that. Yeah. Elliot, where can we find you on social media? We're out of practice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, you can find me at Elliot Maddox. You can find me everything. at Caleb Dickey on everything. And until next time, cheers. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.